Radio Mystery Theater presents... Fourth century? No sign of that either. So, she's running a bath. 
she hear someone ringing the bell, or someone could have let himself or herself in with the key. In either event, it was someone she knew. What's the address, Captain? Shangri-La Apartments. That's the high rent district. It gets higher. She has a penthouse. How could she afford it? All of us can ask penetrating questions, Sergeant Milrose. But since it's your case, you're expected to come up with enlightening answers. Yes, madam? Uh, you are the doorman. Obviously, madam. I'm Detective Sergeant Milrose, homicide. Well, I must say, they've improved the looks of the breed. What's your name? Towers. Always show power. Where are you from? Oh, tiny town in Sussex. I'm certain you never heard of it, Sergeant. How well did you know Miss Dawn Dalrymple? Mm. How well do any of us know the next person? Why don't you just answer my question? Well, she moved into the building about a month ago. Could anyone get upstairs without your knowing about it? It would be virtually impossible. The only entrance is through the lobby. She was killed at about 1 a.m., did she have any visitors last night? No. None at all? No one. Can you describe any visitors she might have had in the past? She, um, never had visitors. No one ever came calling? No one. You're sure of that? Oh, yes. Yes, I'm certain. You insist you're telling the truth? Oh, what makes you think I might not be telling the truth? You happen to be a liar. Now, Sergeant, you have to What is a liar, a person who tells lies? I've already caught you in one. And what lie have I said? You said you came from a tiny town in Sussex no one ever heard of. And that's not true. You come from a pretty big town. And it's not in Sussex, England, either. And I'd say everyone's heard of it. Newark, New Jersey. Well? Well, you're close. Oh, that boy. What gave me away? That English accent. He must have put it together from the movies. Well, it's just that having an English accent makes it easier to get work. Just a harmless lie. There's no such thing as a harmless lie. You can lie about one thing. What's to stop you from lying about something else? Like what? Like the answer to my question. Oh, what question? Two of them. First, did she have a visitor last night? Uh, I told you, no. Second, did she have any visitors at all? Uh, no, I don't remember. Right? Now, that's not what you said before. You said you were certain no one ever came calling. Which is it? You might consider that this is a murder case. If it should come out you are not cooperating, you can be up for obstructing justice. You might even be nailed as an accessory. Does anything occur to you? I, uh... Take your time. Refresh your memory. And if something comes back to you, call me. Here's my card. Hold it, hold it a second, will you? Eddie, how many times do I have to tell you? Classical style ballet does not go with our crowd. What I want you to give me is something. Hold it a second. How'd you get in here, sister? I'm looking for the manager. Here's my identification. 
Detective Sergeant Gertrude Milrose, Homicide Division. Uh, Eddie, give the kids a break, huh? I think so. What's your name? Uh, Jerry Taylor. I guess this is about poor Dawn, huh? How well did you know her? <laughs> now that I think of it, I didn't know her at all. Well, where was she from? I never know. But didn't you ask her? Oh, sure. And all she said was out west. She ever mentioned anything at all about a family? No. I don't think she had one. Well, why do you say that? <laughs> There's lots of people all alone in the world, you know. Did she have any friends? Mm, no, not really. She wasn't close to any of the girls. Enemies? I wouldn't think so, but I really don't know. What were you paying her? 500 a week. Could she afford to live at the Shangri-La apartment? On well, five bills a week. I don't see how. So someone must have been paying the rent. Who? Beats me. Any boyfriends that you'd know about? Now, look, Sarge, there was nothing doing here. She'd show up, she'd do her three a night and go home. Alone, as far as I know. Why did you hire her? Why? Oh, what experience did she have? Not much, but she was a natural. She was just great. Mm, I've got copies of some clippings here. Reviews of her act when she opened from the trade papers and the local papers. They're not so good. Oh, you can't go by what the critics say. Maybe. But you have to be impressed when all the critics seem to be in complete agreement. And each of them says almost the same thing, Mr. Taylor. The act is amateurish. She has no real singing voice. Uh, let me tell you something these critics just don't understand. This is a saloon, you understand? The guys who come in, well, they usually have guilty consciences. In the first place, why aren't they home with their family? Second, many of them are cheating on their wives. Now, you see what I'm driving at? No. So here she is. She has this, I, I can only describe it as a, a virginal appearance. You know, she's kind of sweet and pure and unspoiled. And she keeps them crying into their drinks and ordering more. And that's what this joint is all about. Why did you hire her? I just told you. For your sake, I hope you tell me the truth. Why would I lie? Why would he lie, Sergeant Melrose? Captain, he hires a girl who's a complete amateur. And he runs a very expensive club. Ah, but have you seen her picture? Best-looking girl I ever saw. She was. Oh, but she needed more than that to carry a show. Why do you say he lied? He said that she was good for business, but she wasn't. How do you know that? I spoke to the help. She was a flop. Business had been falling off all month. Maybe they were jealous of her. No, they didn't even know her. She was a loner. So, here you have a girl nobody knows, and she gets a job she's not entitled to. Well, who ever said show business was fair? But she's so completely out of place. Next, she lives in a penthouse in the most luxurious building in the city. Ah, she had a source of income that we don't know about. That's right. A man. And now it makes a certain amount of sense. Okay. The guy's rich enough to set her up in an apartment. He's got enough clout to get her the job in El Dorado. And he has to be married. Or have other good reasons for staying in the background. But... Since she's got him, she'd be crazy to go out with anyone else. And that's why she kept to herself. Whoever he is, he comes late at night. How does he get past the door, man? Ah, he doesn't. He pays him off. We can't prove that. No, but we can work on it. How? 
Well, he's the only witness to a murder. He didn't see it. He didn't have to. All he had to do was to testify that a certain person who's been seeing Miss Dawn Dalrymple regularly had gone up there the night she was killed. Charge, and it occurs to me that the killer might be afraid the Dawn man might do that very thing. Exactly, Captain. And you think that might have occurred to the Dawn man? I couldn't say. He's not really very bright. Someone might suggest it to him. Hello, Mr. Towers. Hello. Oh, it's uh, you, Sergeant. Were you expecting someone else? No, I, I wasn't expecting anyone at all. You weren't? Oh, you should be. Who? Someone who had been feathering that little love nest for Miss Dalrymple. What does that have to do with me? This sugar daddy of hers. <laughs> I haven't heard that expression used for 30 years. He paid you to keep your mouth shut. Sergeant, I know my rights. You can't go around and make an accusation. So far, the killer is in the clear. We have nothing to tie him to Miss Dalrymple. But there's a loose end. What? Who? You. You could identify him as a regular visitor. You can place him here on the night of the murder. But I'm... I'm telling you the truth. Well, then you have nothing to worry about. But that's right. I don't. You seem to be perspiring. Well, uh, the weather's very hot. For witnesses. I find it very comfortable. Well, I've prevailed upon my commanding officer to provide you with protection. You see that squad car parked at the curb? Someone will be keeping an eye on you 24 hours a day, on the job, at home, wherever you happen to be. So you see, you don't have to worry about a thing for the time being. Sergeant, how do you stand with the Eldorado Club? Well, I checked it out of the Hall of Records. Jerry Taylor is the sole owner, and Jerry Taylor has no police records. Theory. Jerry Taylor falls madly in love with Don Dalrymple. Uses his job. Sets her up. I don't believe it. He's not the type. Sergeant, what do you know about love? How is that question germane to this discussion, Captain? Love doesn't recognize type, Sergeant. Now, here's this Jerry Taylor. Filled with street smarts. He's been around. He knows every angle. Cynical. Believes in nothing and nobody. Considers most people suckers. And he turns out to be the biggest sucker of them all. Finds out she's been two-timing him, so he kills her. Are you accusing Jerry Taylor? No. Just trying to expand your thinking, Sergeant. <laughs> Get better. Oh. All right, send her in. A woman outside has information she says about the dial up of my... Come in. Are you Captain Spencer? That's right. And this is uh, Sergeant Melrose. Why don't you sit down? Oh, what can we, uh, what can we do for you? My name is Constance Dalrymple. I want you to arrest the man who killed my sister. Well, we have every intention of doing that once we find out who he is. Well, then you have no problem. I can tell you who he is. And that's how it goes sometimes in police work. 
solved after the greatest difficulty. Some crimes are never solved at all, and some are solved dramatically and immediately. Can this one be headed for such a quick resolution? We must wait for the second act. girl nobody knew, or at least that's what those who worked with her claimed. She had a job she didn't deserve to hold, and she lived in an apartment she obviously couldn't afford. Clearly, someone was supporting her, until that very last night when a protection was suddenly withdrawn, and now she's dead. And just as no one seemed to know how she lived, no one seems to know why she died. However, enlightenment seems to be at hand. Here is her sister. You were Constance Dalrymple? Yes. I read about my sister in the newspaper back home. Where's that? A little town in South Dakota you never heard of. She is the first person from there ever to get murdered. She said she'd become famous for something one day. I predicted it, you know. You knew she'd be murdered? Sure thing. What? Well, she was bound for Hollywood or New York. What's the difference? Either sister's bad for a girl like her. Why do you say that? Oh, she could have danced or acted or sang all right. That's one thing. But all she had was this baby face. Now, you said you knew the killer. Mm-hmm. He is one of two men. Take your pick. He could be a fellow called Wolf Berengaria. Wolf Berengaria? Or he could be Chester Dawkins, Jr. You can't be serious. Why not? Well, Chester Dawkins, Jr. is probably among the 20 richest men in the country. And he probably killed my sister. That's very difficult to believe, Miss Dalrymple. Well, he didn't do it. Then this Wolf Berengaria did. As I said, take your pick. Miss Dalrymple, why are you making these accusations? About a year ago, my sister left home to win fame and fortune, as they say, on the stage. I didn't hear from her at all until about, oh, ten days ago. Uh, we had a fight and we didn't part on the best of terms. She called to tell me she was doing well, that she had a job in the nightclub. The El Dorado. The El Dorado. Did she tell you how she got it? She'd met this fellow, Wolf Berengaria who was a friend of Jerry Taylor, who owned the crop, and Mr. Berengaria put in a good word for her. I can imagine what that word was. Oh, then she met this friend of Mr. Berengaria, uh, Mr. Chester Dawkins, this famous millionaire. Dawkins, a friend of Wolf Berengaria? That's hard to believe. Well, I'm just telling you what she told me. Oh, anyhow, Mr. Dawkins fell in love with her. Love? kind of love that would make him divorce his wife, who happens to be one of the most beautiful women in America? I'm telling you what she told me. All right, go ahead. Well, anyhow, Wolf Berengaria was also in love with her. So, the two of them, Mr. Dawkins, Mr. Berengaria, had words about it. So, one of them killed her out of jealousy. Do you have any proof, Miss Dalrymple? Proof of what? Of what you told us. Well, what do you mean by proof? Well, she means that we cannot proceed on just your say-so. And why not? Well, one, how do we know?
going to do anything about it. We didn't say that. I'll go to the newspaper. No paper would dare print such a story without proof. But somebody's got to do something. Somebody will. Meanwhile, if I were you, I wouldn't make public accusations. You could annoy some very powerful people. Mr. Taylor, which one of them recommended Don Dalrymple for the job? Wolf Berengaria or Chester Dawkins, Jr.? I don't know what you're talking about. Who are those two people? Are you saying you never heard of them? Well, sure, but what do they have to do with me? Well, hiring Dawn Dalrymple couldn't have been your idea. Certainly you wouldn't keep her unless you had to. Now, Wolf Berengaria could have threatened you with muscle. Chester Dawkins could have agreed to cover your losses. So, Mr. Taylor? I still say I don't know what you're talking about. As it stands, we have nothing yet to tie either man to Dawn Dalrymple. But now that she's dead, the killer might realize that you, Jerry Taylor, are aware of the connection, and this might become a source of worry to him. Sergeant, let me tell you something for your own good. And probably for your good, too. But mostly for yours. Lay off. What? The Dawn Dalrymple murder. Look, I'm paid by the city to apprehend the killer. All right. Go out and apprehend him. Pick up some drifters, some hood. Well, that's not the way it's done. <laughs> you know, I like you, Sergeant. I mean, what, what can I do? I'm a sucker for the kind of serious good looks that you've got. I know nothing can happen, but, uh, you know, you get to be my age. The illusion is just as good as the reality, maybe better. Now, lay off this thing. You still haven't told me why. Because it's going to break your heart. Do you think so? Mm Mm-hmm. You still believe in things like truth and justice and all the rest of it. You're going to find out that this case is just too big. It's going to run right over you. There's too much power involved here, too much money. Learn about the real world. Tell me more. You kidding I told you too much already. I haven't the slightest idea why a homicide detective should want to see me, uh, Sergeant uh, Mills, is it? Mr. Dawkins, several days ago, a nightclub singer named Dawn Dalrymple was murdered in her apartment. Uh, did you know her? Uh, no. Are you positive? Why would I? What makes you think I would know anything about a murdered nightclub singer? If you were the one who murdered her, you would know everything about her. Do you dare talk? I've come here to ask a single question. I did. You answered it. And I'll... I won't take up any more of your extremely valuable time. Good day, sir. Uh, wait. Uh, please. Sit down, Sergeant. Yes, Mr. Dawkins? I don't know where to begin. One of the best places. Always the beginning. The beginning. Where did it begin? Why did it begin? Why did I... Yes. Yes, I know her. But no one could ever prove it. Oh, we were so discreet. So extremely discreet. You admit you knew John Dalrymple. Off the record. I'm not a reporter, sir. I'm a police officer. Everything you tell me is part of the record. I'll deny this conversation ever took place. Well, then why do you want to hold it? I have to talk to somebody. But you know I'm a detective. Does it matter who you are? 
time like this, I think I'd talk to anyone who walked in that door. What do you want to say? Oh, what do I want to say? <laughs> As I review it in my mind, I can imagine what this is going to sound like. Madness. Are you trying to tell me you're mad? No, I was mad. I'm sane now. At least the uh, fever no longer burns. What fever? I'm 50, Sergeant Melrose. And I probably have a million dollars for every year of my life. I'm married to, well, they say Estelle is one of the most beautiful women in the world. I am the sole heir to the immense Dawkins fortune. But you see, Sergeant, it wasn't enough. Why not? I wanted more. What would you do with more? Yeah, that's beside the point. What is the point, Mr. Dawkins? Do you know where the real money is today, Sergeant? No. You should. It's in things that are illegal and in things that are immoral. Drugs, loan sharking, gambling, but oh, especially drugs. Do you have any idea how much money there is in drugs? How many billions? <laughs> and every dollar is clean. Clean? Oh, by clean, I mean it's all yours. No taxes to pay. Every dollar is yours. All yours. And you can use this fabulous wealth to build an empire. A secret empire. Oh, I, I said to myself one day, why should this fantastic wealth be subject to the depredations of illiterate hoodlums? Instead, let it be subject to the depredations of literate hoodlums. I'm telling you, sorry, Sergeant. So, I arranged to meet with a hoodlum chief, Wolf Berengaria. Oh, we got along famously. We understood each other. We pooled our considerable resources. I contributed the madness, the true buccaneering madness of my predatory ancestors who established the Dawkins fortune. He supplied the methods. Oh, it was a partnership that might have been arranged in heaven. Or should I say hell? And it flourished. But suddenly it founded. Fell apart. Why? Why? Because of a woman. Can you imagine? A woman. Here we were, two true, ruthless, powerful men who had no illusions, no ideas, no morality. And we fell out over a woman. We were willing to throw away our lives, our empire, over a woman. You ever heard of such a thing? History's first world war was fought over a woman, Helen of Troy. Ah, oh, but she was a woman. This was a, a slip of a girl with a baby face. And now she's dead. <laughs> a little dawn. Week is out. I shall be dead too. You'll be dead? Oh, yes. I'll be killed. There's nothing I can do about it. And there's nothing you can do about it either. Here you have one of the world's richest and most powerful men saying he's about to be killed, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. He's talking to a homicide detective, no less. 
how can this possibly be true? One would imagine he could buy all the protection in the world. Evidently, things are not always what they seem, as we shall discover shortly in Act 3. Marcus Aurelius is a secret of nature, but evidently Mr. Chester Dawkins Jr. has penetrated that secret. To him, the date of his death is not what it is to most of us, a mysterious event to take place in the undetermined future. It is a happening that will be celebrated, if that's the word, before the week is out. Why do you say you'll be dead soon? I happen to know the contract of my life has already been let out. Well, why do you think you've been set up for murder? Love. She belonged to him. John? Yes. Then one night he and I had scheduled an important meeting. He brought her along. I looked at her. She looked at me. We fell in love. You fell in love with her? This slip of a girl with a baby face? I only... I can't disgrace the family. 
Mr. Dawkins, do you want to die? Yes. Uh, but... It's the only way out, Sergeant Melrose. Sergeant, we simply cannot assign protection to Chester Dawkins. Why not? We have to have good reasons. Well, haven't I just told you those reasons? Look, is he willing to cooperate? No. Well, then that's it. But this man is going to be killed, There's Captain. There's nothing we can do about it. You can assign the necessary protective surveillance. Yes, and the chief inspector will look at my assignment sheet and ask why. Dawkins won't cooperate, so I'm dead. You mean he is dead? Yeah. And that's what happens in the real world. This man is determined to die, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. But how can we just sit around and do nothing? All right, why don't you suggest something? Why don't we go to his office? We? Mm-hmm. This time, you talk to him. Maybe you can convince him. Listen, the truth is, you're the best convincer we've got. But there's one thing you can do that I can't. What's that? Talk to him man to man. Telling me this, 
Because I have an idea that toward the end your husband may have had an attack of conscience. Confess these things to you. In that event, you would have information that would help us. Hmm. I see. Sergeant Melrose, I could play the role of the outraged wife and order you from my house, but that role doesn't suit me. Which role does? The one I've been performing for the past 25 years, that of the loving, devoted wife. Yes, he had an affair with her. It wasn't his first, but it was his most serious. He wanted to divorce me and marry her. And yes, he was in business with this wolf, Berengaria. Oh, where do they get those names? I could give you dates and places and provide much useful information, but I won't. You won't help bring his killers to justice? As far as I am concerned, justice was done. Oh, you have a duty as a citizen. You say that with such conviction. I'm sure you believe it. My duty is to myself and my family. My husband will not be revealed as a common criminal. Yeah, we'll never get him, Sergeant. Don't say that. We're not equipped to get him. The Federals will do it if anyone can. And you know what they'll get him for, don't you? Income taxes. Here is a guy who's committed every kind of abominable crime you can think of. And what'll he be back for? Cheating on his taxes. I know we can't get him for Dawkins. Even if we pick up the hitman, that's as far as it would go. We'd never be able to make the linkage. Well, why don't we go on then to other things? But we can get him for Dawn Dalrymple. How? How can we make the connection? Well, let me think about it. Gentlemen, I'm glad to see both of you. What's this all about, Sergeant? Yes, you realize I have to take time off from my job, Sergeant. Mr. Taylor, Mr. Towers, I want to thank both of you for coming. What's up, Sergeant? Who is this guy? Oh, if you gentlemen haven't yet introduced yourselves, Mr. Taylor, this is Mr. Towers, doorman at the Shangri-La. Mr. Towers, Mr. Jerry Taylor, owner of the Eldorado Nightclub. Now, what do you have in common? Miss Dawn Dalrymple. I thought that case was dead. Oh, no. Miss Dalrymple is dead. The case, however, is very much alive. Well, do you know who the killer is? Of course. Mr. Wolf Berengaria. Huh. You'll have a tough time proving that in court. First, Mr. Taylor, we can prove that he persuaded you to give her a job in your club. Oh, I see what you're coming back. Second, you, Mr. Towers, are going to testify that he would visit her regularly and that he was there at about the time she was killed. Oh, now, look here, Sergeant. Right now, Wolf Berengarius sees no reason to believe that anyone can connect him with Dawn Dalrymple. He trusts that you will be prudent enough to be silent, Mr. Taylor. And he had bribed you, Mr. Towers, not to notice his visits to the Shangri-La. The case no longer appears in the media, and he may even have forgotten it himself. Oh, Sergeant, I'm not a lunatic. I have no However, intent. suppose I were to call on Mr. Berengaria. Suppose I were to remind him that there were people who could tie him to Dawn Dalrymple. You would have to assume that I knew who these people were. Question. How long could either of you expect to live? You wouldn't do that. 
You wouldn't go see Wolf Dangaria? No, I wouldn't. Because I'm not willing to sign your death warrants. Then what are we talking about, Sergeant? I would suggest that you both come forward. Make your sworn statements and place yourself in the protective custody of the police. We'd be crazy to do that. You'd be crazy not to do it. Oh, and then we have Miss Constance Dalrymple. Who is she? The sister. You see, she knows. What does she know? She knows that Wolf Berengaria got Dawn a job in your club, Mr. Taylor. And set her up in your apartment house, Mr. Towers. How did she know? Dawn told her. And she came to us. Which is how I know. But she has no proof. She wanted to run it in the newspapers. I managed to talk her out of it temporarily. But if she sees nothing's happening, no one will be able to hold her back. She has no proof. You keep saying that, but does it matter? She'll get a hearing. She'll force Wolf Barangaria to get rid of you. I just thought I'd get together with you and explain the position. And now that I have, I really must be on my way. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Sergeant. You can't do this. I'm not doing anything. I'm just telling you that nature is about to take its course. Miss, uh, Sergeant... Melrose, why don't we discuss this further? Yes, yeah, Sergeant, why don't you sit down and let's talk? Of course, gentlemen. Let's sit down and talk about the real world. And they did. They made the only decision that was practical. They decided to testify. They really had no other choice. Mr. Wolf Berengaria, who had killed or caused to be killed over a hundred people, was finally brought low. Not because of taxes, but because of a slip of a girl with a baby face. For further thoughts on this theme, let us meet again shortly. What is the real world? Is it in truth the graveyard of all our ideals, or is the testing place for our resolve? The philosopher said the world is an anvil, and on it are beaten our hopes, our beliefs, until we ourselves are shaped into our final mold, the real world. It is not something alien, something imposed upon us. Whatever it is, good or bad, we have helped to make it. Our cast included Joyce Gordon, Mandel Kramer, Ray Owens, and E.B. Juster. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant